Dear brothers and sisters, uh, last Sunday, the um, second Sunday in ordinary time, uh, was we were afflicted by ice, and so um, uh, two valiant souls made it to to mass last Sunday morning. And I didn't record the homily, um, but uh, so here is what I uh, offered on that Sunday morning uh, as my thoughts for the homily. It may not run simply like a homily, but also might be a bit conversational. We heard in the Gospel uh, of John, John the Baptist declaring, as Jesus passed, Behold the Lamb of God. We hear those words at every Mass, don't we, before we receive Holy Communion. And why is John the Baptist referring to Jesus as the Lamb of God? He's proclaiming the fulfillment of all Jewish sacrifice. We know how the lambs were offered at Passover. The blood of the lambs was uh, painted onto the uh, doorposts of the houses of the people of Israel as they prepared for the exodus from Egypt, so that the angel would pass over uh, their homes and spare all their firstborn. And the lamb was sacrificed and the people ate. They had communion with that lamb. There is always communion when there is sacrifice. On Good Friday, it was as the lambs were being prepared for Passover that that Jesus himself was being prepared for and condemned to his death. So John the Baptist is a prophet preparing for the Messiah, prepare the way of the Lord, and preparing his people, preparing the people for the coming of this Lamb of God. And this is the second time he declares Jesus as the Lamb of God. The previous day he had seen him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, and spoke about the baptism of Jesus. On the next day he simply says, Behold the Lamb of God. And it could well be that in the intervening day, John the Baptist and his disciples had had time to talk a lot. And so today on hearing John again point out, Behold the Lamb of God, two of his disciples being with him, without hesitation, follow Jesus, leaving John. And this got me to think, what is our response? What is your response? What is my response? When you hear those words at Mass, behold the Lamb of God. Like the two apostles, do you once again renew your sense of discipleship? Do you once again leave what you are attached to to follow him? It's true that we consider these words just as we receive, prepare to receive Holy Communion, and our thoughts are focused on a worthy reception of Holy Communion, unworthy though we be. Yet there is this sense, I think, of following. Behold him, and we leave everything to follow him. And these two disciples, uh, one would be, they would be John and the other Andrew, are following our Lord, and Jesus turns and asks them, what are you looking for? And the disciples don't give a clear answer, but simply ask, where do you dwell? Which could also be rendered, where do you remain? It's a little richer than the translation we had in the lectionary, where are you staying? This sense of remain has can be thought of in terms of, you know, when our Lord says, remain in my love, and the Father and I will remain in, in you. If you keep my commandments, there's this sense of, sense of remaining, of being. And he, Jesus simply says to them, come and see. And they obey and they follow him. They came, 
they saw and they abode with him that day would be a nicer way of putting it than staying. They abode with him. And no doubt they received instruction, which must have had a profound effect. For Andrew immediately goes off to find his brother Simon and brings him to Jesus. And this is the beginning of Simon's vocation. For Jesus says, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Kephas, the Greek word for stone or rock, or Petros. Sorry, Kephas is Aramaic, I think. Petros would be the Greek. We are called to remain with Jesus, to detach ourselves from all that prevents us from following him. And where does Jesus remain and abide? Really and truly, he abides here in the tabernacle of our church. That word tabernacle means dwelling. We pray, don't we, echoing the words of St. John in the prologue to his gospel, that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. It could be rendered he tabernacled himself among us. He pitched his tent among us. Yes, we hear these words before Holy Communion, but it's a reminder that he is always here, awaiting our adoration. You know, the prayers of our Catholic faith, uh, the traditional prayers in any good uh, Catholic uh, prayer book reflect this. A prayer I read recently in, in a book that I use in my adoration before the Blessed Sacrament expressed the sentiment of desiring to place ourselves in spirit close to that tabernacle in the world where thou art most forsaken, most ignored, most forgotten. Or another one, my beloved Jesus, I suffer that I cannot abide close to thy tabernacle. I feel deprived of thy real presence, and nonetheless I rejoice, because this shows me how well thou hast attached me to the adorable mystery of thy body and blood. You know, Jesus doesn't oblige us, he doesn't force us, He's passing us by, or sometimes we're just passing him, passing by the church, and we don't see him. But we we should hear in our consciences, in our hearts, behold the Lamb of God. And then we can make that decision to stop and make a visit to the Blessed Sacrament, to follow him in that way, to be where he is staying, where he is dwelling, where he is remaining. It is our obligation to worship Jesus above all in the Holy Eucharist. And practical ways are by making a daily visit to the Blessed Sacrament whenever possible. Maybe to spend 15 minutes, half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour in adoration before the Blessed Sacrament. Just to abide, to remain, to be with him. We heard in the first reading from the book of Samuel how the young boy Samuel, after he was weaned, which may have been when he was four years old or so, was given to the temple by Elkanah and Hannah. And he dwelt in the temple, the dwelling house of God. And he heard the voice of God, Samuel, Samuel, although he didn't know how to recognize the Lord's voice. And the priest Eli teaches him how to respond. If you hear that call again, just say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And Samuel then receives the call from God, and begins his prophetic ministry. We too must find time and place to be with the Lord, to be attentive to his voice, to unplug, to remove the earbuds from our ears, to be with Christ 
in the Blessed Sacrament, in the temple of the tabernacle, in the church. And of course, our Lord is the temple, and Samuel dwells in the temple, and there he learns to pray. When he first hears the voice Samuel, Samuel, he doesn't recognize it as God's voice. But he's taught by Eli, and he learns to pray and learn to respond. And maybe you too might come to the church and wonder, what am I going to say? What am I going to do here before our Lord? It's always helpful to bring some devotional or some prayers to say to ignite the fire of prayer in our hearts. But if we're patient and just be there, we will hear the call of the Lord and we will learn how to respond. And we will find our calling. And then we, like Andrew, will go and find others and bring them to him. And our Lord will have a a um, life-changing message for that person, drawing them into intimacy with him, drawing them into close discipleship. Our bodies too are temples of God, as St. Paul reminded us in the second reading. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? You are not your own. You have been purchased at a great price. When we hear those words at Mass, behold the Lamb of God. Let's ask our Lord to make our hearts burn within us with a great desire to follow that Lamb wherever he leads us.